0: Y'all, we are back. It is the talk show that is all about the Southeast. It's the hottest show going on. And Dixie, this is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And I'm your host, John Rawl. We are so glad you could tune in here on this first day of the work week as we're working our way through the month of March, man. We're going to have St. Patrick's Day just a couple of days away from now. And so much going on. Easter will be here before you know it. But right now, today... It's all about y'all. On today's Monday edition, we've got hashtag hullabaloo coming up in the next segment. You don't want to miss some good stuff we've got there, including I got some information on the word y'all. that You're going to just want to make sure you hear all about it. That is coming up in the next segment. Plus, before we get out of here this hour, I'm going to give you a rewind to what I did over the weekend. I went to the Gumption Conference in Franklin, Tennessee, and I heard a lot of people from throughout the Southeast a part of this conference. One of the speakers caught my eye and since today we have our Yall Street Business Report. We're going to feature some audio from Jeff Henderson. He is from Atlanta, Georgia, and he worked in marketing for the Chick-fil-A company for many, many years before going into the preaching business, and he goes around the country really giving great testimony. And I was kind of wowed by some of his presentation over the weekend. And we've got some good pointers coming from Jeff Henderson later this hour, this Atlanta-based evangelists coming on to tell us some business tips all of that here on today's y'all show in the second hour of our all southern program we'll look back at the week in sports and we got to go ahead and while we, while it's on our mind we got to give give a couple of big shout outs in college basketball world to the murray state racers and to the gardner webb running bulldogs Both of those teams from the South punching their tickets to March Madness. We got a lot more to say about that when we have our sports spotlight at the second hour. But we we also have some women's basketball tournament champions to announce and more. All of that in our Rewind. Plus, we'll look at the Alliance of American Football. Some teams got wins over the weekend from the southeast. We'll tell you about that sport and much, much more here in our Sports Rewind. And of course, on Mondays, we welcome in the storyteller from Takapola. Jerry Short will be our guest. And we'll talk to him about a fellow Special Forces soldier that is from Lee County, Alabama, who I had not heard of. But just kind of coincidentally this week, I learned about this man, Robert Howard, and he was a Vietnam War era soldier and won the Medal of Honor. And he he was from Opelika, Alabama, which, of course, that area was hit by tornadoes the last few weeks. And we're going to talk to Jerry about this man who died about 10 years ago, but had an amazing story coming from East Alabama, and some say the most decorated American soldier in modern times. So we'll remember Colonel Howard, give him a proper salute with Jerry Short, who also is a special forces trained person and we'll also discuss tornadoes with jerry short as one of the reasons we're saluting colonel howard is the fact that alabama was hit so hard last week by tornadoes and we're going to go back in time and and tell you about a, a horrible tornado that hit the southeast back in the 1930s it affected many southern states it killed hundreds of people in tupelo mississippi and hundreds of people in gainesville georgia the same storm that went across that time back in the early 30s. We'll have all of that information coming up with our teller of tales from Takapola, Jerry Short, all in the second hour. If you want to connect to us here on the Y'all Show, we welcome it. We would love to hear from y'all. Our number is 803 816 1170. You can find us on Twitter at Y'all Show and on Instagram, we're also at Y'all Show. And we will welcome email addresses. If you want to send emails, we welcome that. It's y'all show at y'all.com. And our website, which is getting better and better every day, we're going to have so much good stuff on it. It's the all new you com. We've got great stories on places for you to go travel, places to eat. We've got recipes and more and a whole lot more coming, you com. It is just awesome, and it's going to get awesomer (laughs) real soon. Get on board the Y'all train right now. Plus, the Y'all Show is on, and the Y'all.com is on social media. So you'll look up right now. Go to uh, Y'all Magazine on Facebook. Like it. You'll get all the the, uh, announcements that the website has. So much coming. More and more good stuff from Y'all and Y'all.com. All right, we started our look at headlines from throughout the South. It's hard not to go back to last week's horrible tornado in Beauregard, Alabama. And yesterday, they had church services at the Providence Baptist Church in Lee County, Alabama. That place helped serve as a shelter for the Beauregard, Alabama community, where 23 people died in that area the Sunday before last. And the preacher Sunday had a sermon that focused on Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. A hundred people rode out the March 3rd storm in that church, and it became a place where donations came in. And they also erected, unfortunately, 23 crosses on the grounds of this country church. And, of course, this community of Borgard, Alabama, hit by the EF4 tornado that soared through the area and went into Georgia with a path nearly a, a mile wide. And so that service going on Sunday, President Trump visited that church on Friday of last week, overlooking the damages. And while he was there, this is actually getting some attention. President Trump signed Bibles from some of the victims who were there looking for help and hoping the president would say hello to him. And they offered Bibles for the president to sign. And now people are saying that was a tacky thing to do that that the president shouldn't sign Bibles. Well, I found out that this is something that's not all that uncommon for non-religious people, like a president or other politicians, to sign Bibles. Let's face it. These people in East Alabama probably don't have a whole lot left. Perhaps they're giving out Bibles, and this is a keepsake. Having the Bible plus having the president sign it is a keepsake. Who are we to judge is my only point, but the president... Signing Bibles in East Alabama when he was there on Friday, and now those folks sadly having to get through this awful tragedy. And We had some bad weather come in over this past weekend. I don't know of any tornado deaths in the southeast, but there was some rough weather in Tennessee, Mississippi, stretching eastward over the weekend. I think Arkansas had their patch of rough weather as well, but it's it's that time of year where, unfortunately, we will see more and more outbreaks of bad storms. Opelika native and Lee County, Alabama native, former NFL star DeMarcus Ware has made a $10,000 donation toward the funeral cost of the 23 victims of the Alabama tornado. And the local television station in that part of Alabama says the former Dallas Cowboys defensive end has committed this donation to be used for the cost of grave markers. The money will be deposited with the East Alabama Medical Center Foundation and will be distributed for that purpose. So congratulations to to Marcus Ware for helping out. He grew up in the area. He played football at Troy before going on to play for teams like the Cowboys, and he won a Super Bowl playing for the Denver Broncos. He's retired now, but to Marcus Ware helping out the home county, a great gesture there as he's going to help out with the cost of the grave markers also helping out is the porch band of creek indians they've donated 184 thousand dollars to assist in the burial of the 23 victims from the tornado from the other day so people chipping in celebrities and the porch band of creek indians is also helping out in east alabama the oklahoma highway patrol says a child was among three people killed in a head-on collision involving a school bus The crash occurred just after 7 p.m. Friday evening near Bolegs, Oklahoma, which is about 50 miles southeast of Oklahoma City. A girl on the bus was killed, along with two people in an SUV. The Kanawha School District's website says the girl was one of six junior high softball players returning home from a game. Five other girls on the bus and the bus driver were treated and released from area hospitals. No names released at the time, but that from Kanawha, Oklahoma, with the wreck happened in, Bo- in bowlegs oklahoma another bus crash to tell you about this is good news no one that i know of was seriously hurt but they did have to go to the hospital no one was killed thankfully but 22 people hurt in a wreck along the south carolina coast in georgetown county south carolina a williamsburg county transit bus got into a wreck early on saturday morning the bus rolled over into a ditch According to Georgetown County, South Carolina Fire and EMS Assistant Chief Tony Hux, at least 22 people were sent to the hospital, including at least one by helicopter. There were actually 38 people on the bus, which left King Street early Saturday morning and got into this wreck in Georgetown County, South Carolina. Investigation ongoing there was also another bus wreck on saturday when storms went through williamson county tennessee and a bus had a wreck on interstate 840 near franklin tennessee i don't have any more details on that but i don't think it was anything too serious but buses and bad weather and wrecks a bad combination this time of year it's also the time of year where we will still be dealing with the flu and according to the centers for disease control flu season may not have peaked yet And it appears another wave of severe infections are underway. There were as many as 26.3 million flu illnesses and 12.4 million medical visits and 347,000 flu hospitalizations between October 1st and March 2nd, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's a lot of people. Let me repeat. 347,000 people had to go to the hospital between October 1st and just just the other day, March 2nd, and over 26 million people got the flu. And, and according to a doctor, that the flu is still ongoing and that we can expect a steady stream of patients being admitted to the hospital with this for the foreseeable future. Nine additional children have died of flu-related causes during the week ending March 2nd. Bringing the total for 64 children have died from the flu during this flu season. Of course, adults die from it as well. So be careful. I don't think it's too late to get you a flu shot if you haven't had one yet. You got different strains. You got the H1N1 virus and an H3 virus out there causing havoc throughout the entire country. And a lot of school districts in the South have had to shut down for a day or two i know my son personally just the other day had the flu he was out of school an entire week temperatures in the 103.5 range i don't know how i didn't get it perhaps you're lucky like me and you haven't got it or maybe you have had it maybe you got it right now we hope hope the best for you and be ready for this darn thing to come to an end the last surviving daughter of babe ruth has died ruth stevens died at the age of 102 She was born in Georgia, and she was adopted by Babe Ruth when her mother, Claire Hodgson, wed Babe Ruth back in 1923, and that's the year the Babe led the Yankees to their first World Series title. Ruth married Hodgson on opening day of that 1929 season and adopted Stevens as his daughter. Julia Ruth Stevens regarded Babe Ruth as her own father and even went to him on his famous trip in 1934 to Japan. And she tossed out several ceremonial first pitches at Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium, including the Yankees' final game at Old Yankee Stadium back in 2008. But she's dead, and she's survived by her son, two grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. Ruth Stevens, babe Ruth's daughter, dead at the age of 102. The former president at the University of Texas in Austin, Bill Powers, has died at the age of 72. He was a member of UT's law school faculty for more than 40 years, and the university said that he died Sunday in Austin from complications from a fall several months earlier, and he also had muscular dystrophy, a rare adult onset muscle disorder. According to the current UT president, Greg Fenvis, Bill was an eloquent and fierce champion for UT students, faculty, and staff. Powers served as the dean of the law school for six years, taught courses in torts and freshmen philosophy seminar but he was the former president leading ut from 2006 to 2015 bill powers of the university of texas deceased at the age of 72 a florida woman has shot her partner after an alcohol-fueled argument over his snoring and this happened to Lori morin of coco florida she's charged with shooting her boyfriend during this argument the 47-year-old was charged Friday with attempted murder and aggravated battery. She said the shooting was an accident. I don't see how it can be an accident if you shoot your loved one because of, well, for any reason. <laughs> but but for, for snoring, and it was an alcohol-fueled argument, by the way. Deputies researching and, and discovering more evidence. Deputies found the victim, Brett Allgood, Wednesday night of last week lying at the foot of the bed in a pool of blood and the court paper said he was admitted to a hospital. Then Allgood showed up at Morin's home Wednesday with a bottle of rum, roses, candy, and snoring strips. And then as they were drinking the rum and playing cards, Allgood said that they began arguing over Morin elbowing him the night before for snoring in bed. Okay, this is not a April Fool's joke come early. <laughs> this is someone shooting someone for snoring. And I think alcohol had a whole lot to do with the the shooting as well a fight over a brownie has left a houston texas 14 year old boy dead police said this fight happened to the boy and he died of a stab wound in the eye after another 14 year old boy is now in juvenile custody charged with aggravated assault the houston independent school district police said the victim died friday of the knife wound suffered on wednesday afternoon The incident is not believed to be gang-related, but sad as a 14-year-old boy dying in Houston, all because of a fight over a brownie. The state of North Carolina and the state of Mississippi are collaborating on soft-shell crabs. The Tar Heel State and the Magnolia State are cooperating to see if the soft-shell crab can be farmed in ponds. And the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is funding a three-year project with a grant of almost $340,000. Sea Grant's programs in both North Carolina and Mississippi will manage the project. The University of Southern Mississippi Gulf Coast Research Lab will lead the effort and lend expertise. Also, North Carolina's Sea Grant will monitor cost, how long it takes to raise the crabs, and mortality rate. And if it works well the first year or so... The company will build two more ponds, but what a what a cool thing to see both of these areas, one on the Gulf Coast, one along the Atlantic Coast, coming together to, to maybe make soft shell crabs even more numerous. If you're a lover of crabs, I guess right now we're kind of limited on how you get them, but it would be nice to know you could get them a lot more often if you're if you're a crab lover. Good stuff. And of course, Mississippi known for catfish farming. Perhaps now Mississippi would be a big crab farming state as well. Lowndes County, Georgia, sheriff's deputies made a stop on Interstate 75 the other day. And when the drivers of the car was pulled over for erratic driving, he ended up uh, the sheriff's deputy ended up finding the car contained more than ching, ching, $500,000 in cash. Sheriff Ashley Palk says drug dogs were used to sniff the car. No drugs were found, but deputies did discover duffel bags and a dog food bag stuffed with cash. The total amount was $508,000. The sheriff says the bills were bundled and wrapped with plastic and rubber bands the same way they wrapped cocaine. He says the driver is currently only charged with traffic offenses, but the investigation remains open. But this man pulled over i don't have a name because like i said he he's not accused of selling or or having drugs on him he just had about a half million dollars in cold hard cash in lowndes county interstate 75 i'll be going through that area in just a couple of days i'm going to be looking to see if any of that five hundred and eight thousand dollars might have uh, blown away in the wind and maybe i could pick up a cool hundred dollars or so I'll be looking out for anything anything along the road there on I-75 in South Georgia. Well, in Tupelo, Mississippi, in Lee County, well, if you've been sending socks to your loved one, if they've been in the jail there in Tupelo, well, there's going to be a change as friends and relatives of inmates in Tupelo have been sending socks to their loved ones in jail. But according to Jim Johnson, the sheriff of Tupelo and Lee County, well, they have now found that Narcotics are being sewn into socks, and officials are charging a 22-year-old Emily Yingling of Blue Springs, Mississippi, with introducing contraband into the jail. Two inmates also face charges, a 27-year-old from Saltillo and a 38-year-old from Blue Springs also facing charges. It's unclear if any have the lawyer at this time. The sheriff says inmates must now buy underwear, socks, and T-shirts from the jail commissary. But Lee County Sheriff Johnson said they stopped that too after finding a weapon hidden in a Bible, and they found cocaine sewn into another Bible. So people always finding ways to get around the rules, especially when they're incarcerated. More news involving bad guys from the Magnolia State. A Biloxi man has now been accused of stealing a Mardi Gras parade float two days before it was set to roll in a New Orleans suburb. The St. Tammany, Louisiana Parish Sheriff's Office said it got a warrant Friday to arrest 29-year-old Orlando Lyons of Biloxi on a felony theft charge. The statement says Lyons claims he bought or rented the Covington Lions Club Mardi Gras float but hasn't provided evidence and he couldn't be reached for comment. The Mardi Gras float was taken on Sunday before Fat Tuesday from the group's parking lot the theft was reported on Monday, and the sheriff's office asked its Facebook followers, have you seen this float? The news release says a relative of Lyons called that day, saying he had asked for help with the float, and it was at the relative's house. Well, that's not very Mardi gras there for this Biloxi man to, to maybe do that, if indeed that is true. Well, we have more, y'all, goodness, coming up after the break. We've got this Monday edition hashtag Hullablu coming up. Don't miss it. This is y'all talk with a southern accent. And now,
1: a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number?
2: Uh, Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know?
1: Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper.
2: It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime.
1: There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Beep's coming. You know what to do.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship you're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
2: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to
3: 84888.
2: Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to 84888. That's N-I-C-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or stop to cancel.
0: We're back. It's y'all, and it's hashtag hullabaloo. This is the show All About the South with your host, John Rawl. And with hashtag hullabaloo, we get all the goodness from social media. That includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If someone sends an email in, that counts too. All put right here in one happy serving of fun. And on Hashtag Hobly on this Monday edition, we have our first tweet coming in from Gary Braden at Braden GW. From living in a rented trailer, a grunt uneducated mechanic to software engineer, joined the U.S. Army at 17, a veteran, a M60 gunner, and an M16 and AK-47 expert. Doesn't sound like you want to mess with Gary Braden. Sounds like a kind of a tough fella here. But Gary's tweet this week says, Many people don't know this, but we Village People, that's the official Twitter account for the Village People, you know, the band from the disco era, the Village People started out as a southern rock band in the vein of 38 Special. They call the band 12 Gauge. But someone misspelled the name as 12 Gays, so they just went with the village people. Now, I don't know this. That that could be true. <laughs> Instead of 12 Gage, someone called them 12 Gays. Of course, if you know anything about their music, they, they kind of are beloved and maybe even have had gay members, I think, within the band back in the 1970s. But that sounds like a pretty cool band name, 12 Gage, especially down here in the south. Well, I found out, I had to do some research, thanks to Gary for bringing us up on our Village People information here on this Monday edition. I had to do some research to find out, well, well, does the Village People have any connection to the South? Well, I found out the kind of main character from that band is Victor Willis. Victor is now 67 years old, and this singer, songwriter, and actor is a native of Dallas, Texas. And he's a founding member of the Village People, the famous disco group from the 70s. And he's also a lead singer and co-writer for all of their most successful singles. And the group he performed costumed as a policeman or a naval officer. So if you see any time the Village People sing, and it's either a guy in a cop uniform or a naval officer uniform, it's Victor Willis from Dallas, Texas. that's your southern connection and there may be other ones but that's pretty good when the kind of main character from the group is from dixie victor willis who in the early 1980s he was married to a woman who would end up marrying someone after him and i think most people know her by this married name he married before she married to uh, uh what's what is this i can't i can't remember his name Uh, I know her name Felicia Rashad remember on television a lot in the 1980s well Victor Willis was married to Felicia Rashad and then they got divorced and she married the former was he a Buffalo Bills player that ended up being on NBC sports and all that Uh, Ahmad Rashad I think that's his first name Ahmad Uh, I haven't seen him on TV in a long time I, I assume he's still with us But Felicia Rashad was married to Victor Willis before she was Felicia Rashad. (laughs) But now Willis is married to someone else and, again, is 67 years old and a founder of the Village People. And all this thanks to Gary Braden's tweet talking about how originally, if this is true, I can't prove it, Village People was originally named 12 Gage. I'll let you all do the research on that one and see if that's true or not. Next up on the Y'all Show is something I found on the internet, and it was brought to my attention, and so I'm going to pull this story up and kind of, I need to bring this person interviewed here on as a guest, Thomas Nunley. He's a retired Auburn University professor of linguistics, and he is quoted in a story put out this week by AL.com, and according to this story written by Greg Garrison, it's becoming increasingly common to hear the use of the Southern Contraction Y'all a linguistic fusion of the words you and all. And it may be partly because of the spread of Southern influence nationwide. But according to Garrison, it's also from an important need in the English language. And that is what Southern linguist Nunley says. Nunley said that it's being adopted all over the country because it needs to be. And he said this, he's the editor and co-author of Speaking of Alabama, the History, Diversity, Function, and Change of Language and that is a new book linguists have noted that y'all addresses a gap in the english language left behind by the disappearance of the pronoun ye the second person plural form of the pronoun thou both of which have become stilted archaic and fallen out of use so all you english teachers who've been clamoring for us to talk about this stuff on the y'all show well here is your lucky day the English language now generally uses the pronoun you to function as both singular and plural. Regional adaptations include yous or yous guys in the northeast, yuns or yins in Pittsburgh, the midwestern unions, a contraction of you ones, are the upper, upper southern you all. The phrase you guys fills the function, but can be seen as uncomfortable because of the masculine word guys. So, The point is, y'all's the best way to go. Although it's, to me, uh, much more of a Southern thing. And that's what we like here. And that's why we have this show called Y'all. But that sounds like a great guest we need to line up. Thomas Nunley, he's got the book out right now, Speaking of Alabama. Someone we need to get on here soon and dive more into the linguistics of the Southeast. Another story I found surfing the internet. It's an article written by Haley Lawrence. It's called, Why Boiled Peanuts are the South's Best Underrated Food. It's on the website southernthing.com. And some of the article includes, We love discussing our barbecue, of course, pulled pork and briskets, biscuits and gravy, shrimp and grits, fried chicken, chicken fried steak, mac and cheese, fried green tomatoes, banana pudding, peach cobbler, fried okra, sweet tea, chicken pot pies, pecan pies, gumbo, pimento cheese, Every casserole combination possible in the world. The list goes on, and we're all getting hungry by now. But you want to know the southern treat we should talk about more? Boiled peanuts. And the article goes on to say that they've gotten a bad reputation over the years because they're not easy to eat being slimy, and you got to have a paper towel close by. Fun story there. I encourage you to go to southernthing.com to learn more about this article penned by Haley Lawrence. And I do love me personally some boiled peanuts, and I bet there's a darn good chance if you're listening to me right now, you're a boiled peanut lover too. Just don't eat the shell, please. Look, don't show your yankiness and eat the outside. Just open that thing up, suck on that juice, and get you that uh, good boiled peanuts. And I like the ones that aren't so slimy. I like the ones that are nice and round and firm. But if you have to get the slimy ones, that I guess I guess that's caused by cooking a little too long. Well, that's okay, too. Up next is a tweet from Kayla Jordan at Mrs. Underscore KBD Jordan. She says on our profile, my husband calls me his bougie redneck. It's appropriate. Well, I had to do some research just to make sure I got the right thing. This is slang. B-O-U-J-E-E B-O-U-J-E-E It's a hip hop slang for something luxurious in lifestyle yet humble in character influenced by and often interchanged with the slang bougie so bougie or bougie however you want to say it a little hip-hop slang here on today's y'all show but again this is a tweet from kayla jordan she said that her husband calls her a bougie redneck and the reason that we're reading what she's got on social media this week is she put a tweet out that says i need to try this georgia peach coca-cola hashtag intrigued And we did our research here on the Y'all Show. And it turns out that the Coca-Cola company from native of the Atlanta area, the Coca-Cola company from right there in the ATL is now putting out specially crafted flavors. And Coke's got the Georgia peach flavor and a California raspberry Coke. And they each combine the timeless taste of Coca-Cola with a unique local flavor. Now, I don't know where you can find a Coca-Cola Georgia peach, but according to Kayla, it's it must be around Atlanta or somewhere in Georgia, and it, it looks delicious. Now, we just told you the other day how Coke has rolled out a combination throughout the country now of orange and, what was it, orange and vanilla? I think it's a combination of orange-vanilla they've got. They're, they're actually doing a lot of promotion on it. But this is what they call... A local flavor, a kind of a craft brew, Coca-Cola, and it's only in local areas. In this case, Georgia, they got Georgia Peach Coca-Cola. In California, they got a raspberry flavor. Coke, I like the variety. I do, but you need to send me some samples. You need to send our entire y'all audience some samples if you're going to be promoting this stuff out there. But it's no joke. Check it out. Coca-Cola, Georgia Peach. It's almost peach picking time, by the way. <laughs> and, and, uh, I wish Coke would team up with some kind of good ice cream company, and I don't want the one from Vermont. I'm, I'm talking about a good southern company. Maybe a, um, let's see, a Blue Bell is from Texas. You got, let's see, is it uh, Mayfield out of Cleveland, Tennessee, I think, or somewhere around Athens, Tennessee, perhaps, is where that's located. And you've got other uh, other good brands like Purity from Nashville, and let's see, a pet is a good brand. I'd like to see a combination of Coca-Cola and ice cream and peach peaches all put together. That would be an incredible combo. Make it happen, y'all. Bubba's Fish Shack is on Twitter at Bubba's Fish Shack, and it's a seafood cooking like mama made it a southern seafood like it was meant to be, according to their profile. And Bubba's Fish Shack is located in beautiful Surfside Beach, South Carolina. That's just a few miles south of Myrtle Beach, right on the Atlantic coast. And they put a tweet out this week saying, Feeling crabby? It's National Crab Day. Our homemade crab cake sandwich is sure to please. Well, I can't wait to return to Surfside Beach. Although, I personally have never been on the beach of Surfside Beach. I've just been on US 17... And the business district, I guess you could call it. Now, growing up, my family always went just south of Surfside Beach. We went to a place called Garden City, South Carolina, and went to the beach. And I love Garden City. I went there for a lot of years, both with my family and our church group would go there, too. But I haven't been to Surfside. And, of course, you got to go through Surfside to go to Myrtle Beach, which has so many attractions. And I think if I'm going to go to Surfside, I better get there now because when all the kids – hit their summer break, they're heading to the beach. And it could be Destin. It could be Panama City. It could be Surfside Beach and Myrtle Beach area of South Carolina. But hey, if I'm there, I encourage you, at least according to what they're promoting here on Twitter, Bubba's Fish Shack. A great option, it looks like. And finally, here on today's Hashtag Hulu, I want to pull up a gif that someone sent me that I just get a, a good chuckle every time I see this thing. It says, don't tell me about your childhood problems. I was forced to watch Lawrence Welk as a kid. (laughs) That kind of puts things in perspective. And as a guy who grew up, like many of you maybe, back in the days where you had like four channels to choose from, ABC, CBS, NBC, and if you were lucky, you had a PBS station somewhere near you. Yeah, Lawrence Welk was a... mainstay Uh, it seemed like it always came on saturday evenings and i grew up really after the original lawrence welk programs aired i I don't did they originate on pbs something tells me they probably were on a maybe on nbc because they were always in color it seemed but uh, lawrence welk who if you ever knew anything about lawrence you always thought this guy must be from germany or somewhere like that turns out he was actually from america he wasn't from the South. That's where he went wrong. But Lawrence Welk was born in 1903 in Strasburg, North Dakota. He died at the age of 89 back in 1992 in Santa Monica, California. And of course, through the years, he did have a lot of people from the South on his Lawrence Welk show. And a lot of people made their careers as a part of that. And one guy that I'm going to single out specifically that was well-known on the Lawrence Welk show was Tupelo Mississippi's Guy Hovis. Guy's now 77 years old and has kind of branched out into the Southern gospel realm, but made a lot of appearances on the Lawrence Welk show when it was very popular on television. That's a that's a good Southern connection, a little guy hovis news here on today's Y'all show. Well when we come back we will switch over and tell you a little bit about Southern business and I'll tell you about a kind of business oriented retreat that I attended over the weekend. It was the gumption conference. I'll tell you all about it when the y'all show gets back. Hey guys, good
2: news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And HEMS makes it extra affordable. Right now, get your first month supply for free. All you pay is just $5 for your medical consultation when you go to 4 slash play. After that, it's just 30 bucks for a month's supply. Sure beats paying big bucks for just one blue pill, doesn't it? Plus, you won't need an awkward in-person doctor's appointment to get the prescription. Hims has doctors online who can prescribe the medication, and a pharmacy sends it right to your door. It's affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to, and that's really good news. To get your first order for just five bucks, you need to go to this exclusive address: slash play That's slash play for your first month for just five bucks. 4 slash play. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details.
0: Back we are. It's y'all. Talk with a southern accent, John Rawl. This first day of the work week. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Good to touch you. <laughs> now, all that's fake there, but I'm just trying to be nice here. This is the show all about the southeast. Want to remind you, coming up in the second hour of the All Southern program, we'll start it off with a look at some of the teams who've already punched their big dance ticket. Yes, congratulations to the Murray State Racers and a couple of other teams. We'll tell you about. We have a look at all things college basketball to start Hour 2, including, hey, women's college basketball. A couple of new champions out there we'll tell you about who won their conference tournaments over the weekend. We'll discuss all of that. Plus, we'll take a look at the Alliance of American Football update. Some teams in the South got some big wins over the weekend in that particular sport. We'll also discuss the world of golf, all that in our Sports Rewind In hour two, plus the teller of tales from Takapola way, Jerry Short will be back with another installment of short stories right now on the y'all show. I kind of told you about this earlier in the hour over the weekend. I was putting on my best y'all face. I went and represented y'all.com and y'all at the gumption conference. That was a, a kind of a first of its kind event held at the factory in Franklin, Tennessee, that's an amazing piece of property that's been around about 20 years. It originally started out as a place for concerts, but it's kind of morphed into a kind of a, I guess you would call it a market. They've got businesses in there all the time that have, let's see, I saw an ice cream store, a taco store. They even had a Jenny's ice cream store. If you want to know, want me to get specific, really cool place. And they held a conference there all about the South over the weekend. And I went to it. It's called Gumption. And the people that kind of put this thing on, it seemed to me they were all alumni of Dave Ramsey. One of the main founders of this was a guy named Chris Thomas. He worked for Dave Ramsey for almost a decade. And the MC of it was a guy named Joe Levitt. And Joe, I think, appears on Dave Ramsey's show. Joe's kind of the guy that puts on all of Dave Ramsey's events around the country. And they were both very involved with this event in Nashville. And I attended and... It was it was kind of interesting. I I guess going to an event when you don't really have to, meaning on a Saturday, not something I would sign up for all the time, but there were some great people there. I'm going to give a shout out to Sean Dietrich. He is a southern guy through and through. He is from the panhandle of Florida and he's the host of Sean of the South. And that's a kind of a podcast, but Sean's also penned several books and they're out there just go to go to the just google sean of the south and you'll see him I had a great time with him and perhaps we'll hit him on in the coming days to be a guest of the y'all show but uh, got got a chance to talk to him but the guy that i'm going to play some audio from since this is kind of a business spotlight that we do on mondays at this time spot is a guy that spent about a decade working at chick-fil-a in the marketing department and he was kind of high up the food chain jeff henderson and is his name and he grew up in atlanta he started out kind of being an intern with the atlanta braves before moving on over to chick-fil-a and one of the cool things he was talking about is the word for f-o-r and part of his strategy was we have so many people in today's world that are against things what are you for whether this is you personally or whether this is you as a business and i was i was kind of enlightened by all that he talked about four, and he talked about today. What are you doing today? Don't tell me what you did or what you're going to do. What are you doing today? So again, this this guy is a preacher. He is a pastor in Atlanta at some big churches. In fact, one of his churches has over a million downloads, social media downloads, I think every week when they have a service. He's part of the North Point Ministries, and Jeff is part of a couple of churches in that area that North Point Ministries have, including Gwinnett Church. So if you're from Atlanta and know anything about that, I'm sure that name that I just told you, Jeff Henderson, is probably not that of an uncommon name. He's got a a great presence. We're going to listen to a past presentation Jeff Henderson gave. And since this is our business spotlight, we're going to maybe play this and you can get a little taste of what his spiel is all about. And this is him talking here on the Y'all Show.
5: Columbus sailed the ocean blue in... That's right. Does anyone know when Magellan circumnavigated the globe? Do you know why? It doesn't rhyme, right? So if you can have a single most... first You think, that's, that's silly. I don't care. You want it to stick, okay? And if it rhymes, all the better. How about a word picture? If you don't want to do rhymes, how about a word picture? Steve Jobs was brilliant at this. What is an iPod? An iPod, an iPod is like having a thousand songs in your pocket. You know what happened the next day when he said that? The Wall Street Journal published the headline, iPod, thousand songs in your pocket. Single most persuasive ideas can stick. Now this takes a lot of work. So you know how you do this? Here's how you do this. You set your watch, all right, this is separate, but you set your watch for 10 minutes and you write everything that you can think of of your single most persuasive idea. And when you can't think of anything else to write, here's what you write. I can't think of anything else to write. And what you're doing is you're tricking your brain into helping you, all right? Your brain is a lazy processor, all right? It's trying to resist you. And so as you do this, at the end of 10 minutes, you begin to circle connections. And if you'll do this for at least 30 minutes, I think sometimes it'll take much shorter than this, what happens is is your bottom line will surface and it will stick and if it sticks and it's a compelling idea that's your responsibility but if it's a great idea and you've got it and you can package it in such a way it's going to stick to someone else's hearts and if it can stick to their heart and someone else's heart and engage their hands then you got some traction all right so what's your single most persuasive idea and here's the fourth and final preparation question what do i want them to do what do i want you to do many times we never answer this question what do I want them to do? I need you to write me a check. That's what I need you to do. Now, if you'll do this, all right, and if you work through this, and if you've got to raise money, I want to tell you, give you, this is for bonus time, okay? This is no extra charge for this. I want to give you the single greatest fundraising question you'll ever ask, all right? You need to write this one down because all of you need money because you've got a great idea, right? So if you go through this and you work through this, and you have your, your content, you have what the audience currently thinks, what I want them to think, what's my single most persuasive idea, what I want them to do. And then you say this question, will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help me? And then guess what you do after that? You shut up. And it's gonna be very awkward. And the more awkward it is, the greater potential you have for a yes.
0: Entrepreneur and pastor Jeff Henderson on the Y'all Show. Again, he was part of the speaking group at the First Gumption Conference held over the weekend in Franklin, Tennessee, and it was great to to go there. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, it was it was a lot of fun, and it was also very enlightening, and also it paid off from a food standpoint. One of the entrepreneurs that spoke there was Shane Nasby. He's the owner of Honeyfire Barbecue in the Bellevue area of Nashville. And man, he cooked one heck of a pig. And I, I truly, truly enjoyed that. Also, while there, I got the chance to meet up with the CEO of Poppy's Handcrafted Popcorn out of Asheville, North Carolina. And boy, that is some good stuff there and also other folks were involved with this conference, including Blake Wiley. He seems like someone I need to get on the show. He's from Florence, Alabama, and his profession, get this, you don't hear this one every day when we talk about Southern businesses, Blake Wiley is a tin-type photographer. Yeah, you heard me. He takes photos just like they did in the Civil War time period. And I saw him come out with all his gigantic equipment and take a picture, and it was pretty neat to see. So if nothing else, I learned a little bit more about 10-type photography at the Gumption Conference in Franklin, Tennessee. Well, that will conclude hour one of this Monday, y'all. When we come back, we'll take a look at sports, and the teller of tales from Takapola will be joining us, Jerry Short. All that ahead on y'all.
3: Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
2: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to 84888. That's N-I-C-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or stop to cancel.
1: And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system?
4: Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this.
1: Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper.
4: Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help?
1: There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.
0: Hello, it's the second hour of the Monday, y'all, and I'm John Rawl. We hope you're doing well, and we hope you're just getting everything squared away for this exciting week, working our way through the middle of March here on the y'all show our number is 803-816-1170 you can also look us up on the worldwide you well www is where you need to go it's you com. so much so much ease and so much pain-free surfing available if you just go to you com. the teller of tales from tacapola jerry short will be dropping by in just a few minutes you don't want to miss Some good conversation when that comes up. Right now, we start out our look at the weekend in sports here on the Y'all Show. And since we're in March, hey, it's time for March Madness. And lo and behold, the very first team to punch its March Madness ticket was Murray State out of the OVC. The Racers won the OVC tournament title game in Evanston, Indiana. And they won that against the Belmont Rebel Bruins. Over the weekend. That game played Saturday. And the Racers, led by Ja Morant, who is expected to go in the top five according to most in June's NBA draft. They knocked off Belmont in the championship game and a big win for Murray State, which is twenty-seven and four. And I think they could be a giant killer in the postseason, especially with Morant playing for them. So kudos to the OVC's Murray State Racers and all those in Western Kentucky who pull for the Racers. All right, from the Big South Conference, the Gardner-Webb Running Bulldogs had to go all the way to Radford, Virginia for their conference championship game as Radford hosted the title game, and Gardner-Webb out of North Carolina, about 30 miles west of Charlotte. Gardner-Webb picked up the win, and they are going to the Big Dance. I think this is their first time ever in the Big Dance, so kudos. They were able to knock off both Radford and Campbell. They started out the Big South 2-4 and and had quite a turnaround, and they got the championship there in the Big South Conference, the Gardner-Webb you heard me, running Bulldogs. Way to go, Gardner Whip. Bradley takes the Missouri Valley Conference title, and in the Atlantic Sun, the Liberty Flames from Virginia. They win the A-Sun, and they got a big win over Lipscomb over the weekend to punch their March Madness ticket. So I think Lipscomb had kind of been the darling of that conference all year, but the win by the A-Sun's new champ, the Liberty Flames, winning that conference tournament and heading off to the to the promised land now coming up tonight in conference championship madness the mac that's the maac its championship that game televised On the ESPN Two channel, and the Southern Conference, the SoCon has its championship game from Asheville, North Carolina. That game tips off at seven Eastern, six Central, on ESPN on Tuesday night. You've got the CAA championship game taking place in Charleston. As the uh, I don't know who I was going to be in that since we're going to find the the participants that will be decided today. But I know some of the quarterfinal teams. I think the so-called host team, although this is in, is not in their home arena, the College of Charleston is part of the CAA. And I know Delaware is also advanced in this tournament. But the CAA title game, that'll be a 7 p.m. Charleston time tip tomorrow night. You also have, in terms of basketball conferences tomorrow night, the Horizon, the Summit, and the Northeast are among the conferences with their championship games. So it's championship time in the Southeast right now. Now, we wrapped up the regular season for other conferences over the weekend. Congratulations to the Houston Cougars. They took home the American Athletic Conference regular season title. And how about this story coming from the Big 12? For the first time, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, they won the Big 12. Kudos to all those involved with that. Texas Tech will be the number one seed heading into the Big 12 Conference Championship. A great feat there. As far as the ACC goes, the total, the standings when it's all said and done, you got two teams that both had 16 and two marks in the ACC, Virginia and North Carolina. Now, I don't think the ACC even gives you a banner if you win the so called regular season. It's all about the conference tournament game, but what a great feat by Virginia coming back from what was a great year last year, but they lost that horrible game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And UNC, what well, a nice, a nice job there in Chapel Hill. Duke follows right behind UNC and UVA. Duke 14 and 4 in the ACC's standings. Who was the worst? You had two teams tied for the bottom of the ACC, Pitt and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. As far as other teams in the South, from a regular season standpoint of how things shook out when it was all said and done, Old Dominion, they took care of the Conference UA standings. They won that 13-5 was their conference mark. Thanks to a loss by Tennessee at Auburn on Saturday, LSU's win over Vanderbilt soared them to the top of the SEC, and the LSU Tigers are your 2018-19 SEC regular season champions kudos there and what a what kind of a disaster it's been for LSU they had a player killed just before the start of the season and now just the other day their head coach suspended indefinitely for some things caught on tape allegedly that he was saying about recruiting so LSU wins the regular season title for the SEC, and that is a look at some of your standings as far as the Sunbelt goes. Georgia State took care of business in the regular season in that conference. They just edged out Georgia Southern and Texas State and UT Arlington in the standings of the Sunbelt Conference. Women's basketball. What happened with conference championship games over the weekend in the ACC? Notre Dame took care of business against Louisville. And the number four Irish beat Louisville to win that tournament championship. Mississippi State won the SEC women's tournament in Greenville, South Carolina. They won it by 31 points, 101 to 70 over a resurgent Arkansas Razorback-Lady Razorback team. And Maryland lost in the Big Ten Women's Tournament Championship to Iowa. Iowa defeated a better-seeded Maryland Terps team 90-76. to NFL News, former University of Georgia football star and NFL star linebacker Justin Houston was released by the Kansas City Chiefs over the weekend, and he was a four-time Pro Bowl linebacker in the NFL. The Chiefs had tried to trade Houston, but no team was willing to pick up the $15.25 million base salary he was due this season. And now he is a free agent. I'm sure he will land with someone. He turned 30 years old back in January, and he joined the Chiefs as a third-round draft pick out of UGA back in 2011. And again, a four-time Pro Bowl linebacker, Justin Houston, now on the free agent market in the NFL after... They refused to pick up the annual base salary, $15.25 million. More news from the NFL. As Miami native Antonio Brown's got a new home, the Pittsburgh Steelers have agreed to trade this great, but oftentimes in the news for the wrong reasons, wide receiver. They have sent him to the Oakland Raiders in exchange for third and fifth round draft picks. Brown will receive a new three-year deal worth up to $54.125 million from the Oakland, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders, and he's got $30.125 million of this guaranteed. And he had previously had three years at $38.9 million left on his contract with the Steelers, but a little bit of a drama coming to an end as he'll be a member of the Raiders, according to his agent, and they call this a great fit weekend football to tell you about from the alliance of american football the orlando apollos remain perfect they went to legion field over the weekend and took down the birmingham iron 31 to 14 coach spurrier he is dominating the alliance right now his team is yet to lose they are a perfect five and oh the san diego fleet they took care of business against the salt lake stallions 27 25 and on sunday afternoon in the atl Aaron Murray led the Legends to a win over the Memphis Express 23-20. to It was a game that looked like might be the first overtime game in Alliance history, but the Legends were able to get a Zach Medenberger interception and take it down the field on offense to get in field goal range and had a field goal with about 10 seconds left in the game to get the win at Georgia State Stadium, and the Legends pick up another win. Now, if you look at the standings on the east side of the Alliance division's they have four teams, all of which are in the south in that. You've got Orlando, Atlanta, Birmingham, and Memphis. And in the standings, Orlando's a perfect 5-0. and zero. They're followed by Birmingham at 3-2. and two. The Legends are 2-3, and and then poor old Memphis. Memphis is 1-4 and in the Alliance standings. We also want to represent San Antonio. They had the late game last night, and we'll talk about them later. But that's what's going on on the east side of the Alliance, and Aaron Murray, in his second start with that team, he's now led the Legends to two back-to-back wins. And so, hey, he may become a bigger quarterback in Atlanta than this guy named Matt Ryan, if he keeps it up right now. Hey, we're just a few weeks away from the start of major league baseball and i want to give you a heads up it's thursday march 28th is opening day of major league baseball so you still got a couple of weeks of spring training up until that time but just to let you know the very first game this year major league baseball will be rivals the baltimore orioles and the new york yankees and that will be taking place at a high Well, it'll be a one eastern high noon central time first pitch on March 28th. As far as Southern teams on opening day, the Washington Nationals host the New York Mets. The St. Louis Cardinals are going to be at Milwaukee. Those two rivals getting together. The current defending NL East champ, Atlanta Braves. They'll be taking on Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies on opening day. The Houston astros will be at tampa bay on the start of the season the chicago cubs they've got an interleague series to start things off this year how about that the cubs will be taking on the texas rangers on opening day the new look miami marlins will be hosting the colorado rockies on opening day and the kansas city royals host the chicago white Sox on opening day 2019 now to the world of golf The current champion of the British Open, Francesco Molinari, he got another big win as he won at Bay Hill on Sonny. That's the Arnold Palmer Championship event, and he got a win by roaring back in the final round of play, and he capped off an 8-under-64 as he came from five shots behind Sonny to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational just outside of downtown Orlando, Florida, and the Italian He did it, and again, he is the defending champ from the British Open, the Open Championship, and a big win for this Italian golfer. I think he's about the only one on the PGA Tour, and a lot of Southerners out there were hoping to to win, but just couldn't get it done. Now the PGA Tour moves up from Orlando to Jacksonville. It's the Players' Championship this week. It takes place at TPC Sawgrass Jacksonville at the Players' Stadium course. That's that course with the— crazy golf hole that's kind of like an island and a 12 and dollar purse is at stake with the players championship and that's kind of the first major southern golf event leading up to the masters in april and we'll have plenty of golf talk coming your way here on the y'all show so fret you not when we come back we will shift over and we'll be talking to the teller of tales from tacapola jerry short will be coming at you with great stuff that's ahead on y'all It's all about the South, y'all. And now, a quick comparison from
1: Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number?
2: Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours, too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know?
1: Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper.
2: It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime.
1: There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.
0: We're back. It's the Monday edition of the Y'all Show, where we discuss all things Southern, including, well, we like to find out what's going on across the Southeast, and if we can mix in a little history along the way while doing that, well, that's just an added bonus. And that's usually what we get when we have the teller of tales from Takapola join us. That would be one Jerry Short, and he's now joining us here from Takapola. It's the Y'all Show and short stories with Jerry Short. Hello, Jerry. Welcome back to Y'all
6: well john it's good to be here because uh i thought i was gonna have to hang on to an oak tree to stay here (laughs) so we had so much uh straight line winds here that uh it moved on through at about 40 miles an hour i think and uh unfortunately there's some people to the east of us in alabama that weren't quite as fortunate with uh straight line winds it turned into severe tornadoes and uh I think it was Lee County around Auburn and Opelika that was really bad.
0: So. Sure was. Uh-huh. 23 dead there in that community of Beauregard, Alabama. Yep. And we talked about that today in Hour 1 with the president going down there last week and signed some Bibles and things like that. But uh, pretty pretty cool to see the Commander-in-Chief take time out to, to come to the South for a tornado.
6: Wasn't it wonderful for him, him for a tornado? I was, I was thinking about that, and I told my wife that uh, – uh, you know, I've been in a couple of hurricanes like Camille and uh, and Katrina. Those and when Camille Nixon flew, he landed at the Gulfport CB base. He never he just got out on a tarmac and said a word or two, and he took off and he flew over the coastline and looked back, and that was extent. And never saw President Nixon again course, we had the Vietnam War going on at the time. I know he was uh, he was busy with. So was Mister Trump, and for him to do what he did. And then of course we had uh, when we had Katrina, we had Bush it came uh he came down to talk to his FEMA director and told him, Brownie, you're doing a great job and it seemed like that got him in more trouble than worth the trip because uh evidently the Corps of Engineers weren't putting out enough t- uh blue tarps to suit everybody in New Orleans. But however, it uh that does that doesn't help things in uh Lake County, Alabama, which uh, recovery will be slow, tedious, and expensive. And I'm sure it did a heck of a lot of damage. Now, and President,
0: President Barack Obama did go to Joplin, Missouri, back in May of 2011 when they had that horrible tornado there that killed 158 people in the southern portion of Missouri, the 2011 Joplin tornado. That's probably the worst tornado I can think of. Last,
6: well, it's in the top 10.
0: Uh, well, here in the last 10 years or so, that ha- yeah. has to be the worst thing yeah. in Joplin with it, that thing.
6: It, it was bad. And, uh, wh- but I noticed that same president, uh, when they had that terrible flood in Nashville, I don't even think he made a comment about it. Hmm. And Opryland was underwater, if I'm not mistaken. All that where the Cumberland River come through and flooded all that. That stayed underwater a long time and uh, i don't think i know he never made a visit i'm pretty sure so you just don't know and they had that was pretty severe flooding It's about as big a flood as i've ever seen in a town of that type kids but you know not to not to cut a president down or anybody down everybody you know is looking for an excuse to do that and i'm just going to stay clean of that and and hope we continue to have someone like we have now that showed the type interest it looked like he showed to the people of alabama when he came down for that
0: and i don't know about you jerry but i'm still mad at fdr because i don't think he went to tupelo mississippi back in 1936 because tupelo and gainesville georgia both got hit by a awful f5 tornado back in 1936 in the height of the great depression and hundreds of people died in this tornado that that happened from Arkansas, as we said, all the way into Georgia, and even into South Uh-oh. Carolina, you had a death there. But in Tupelo, Mississippi, back in 1936, a tornado hit that downtown area of Tupelo, and 216-plus deaths happened there in this tornado that they say at that time had damages of up to three million dollars in tupelo.
6: which today that would be equivalent probably of uh three billion today you know because tupelo pretty well progressed since then it's pretty pretty progressive town but you know what you're leaving out also is the injuries i think i remember reading somewhere a long time ago that there was two thousand to three thousand people on that uh Tornado passed from Tupelo to Gainesville, Georgia, I think, Mm -hmm. that uh, injured about that many people. And I've got a little little short story on that. My granddaddy was in Tupelo when that happened. And he said, he told me personally, that it was a worse thing because it would be. If they've got, I think Tupelo maybe had 250 dead. And uh, in those days... They didn't count the Afro-American community and it wiped out half of the Afro-American community and they'll never know how many was killed there. Mm. And that wasn't just Tupelo. That was the whole tornado. So, you know, out of the 550 or whatever was killed in that whole tornado, you it was more, it was a lot more than that. They weren't reported. But anyway, my granddaddy, it scared him so bad. He got on back on the farm. Obviously, hopefully Uh, I wasn't living at that time and when he uh, he would be so scared if a storm came up and the weather got dark, uh, he would dig he would dig a storm shelter on every bank on every bank on every side of every hill on the farm he could find, and he would drag me out with a kerosene lantern if y'all anybody remembers what one of those looks like. We'd go play checkers all night, and my grandmother would say, "Well, I'm staying here at house." Y'all just go ahead and he'll say, you, you weren't in Tupelo. If you'd be in Tupelo, you'd be going with us. And uh, she'd say, I'll have breakfast in the morning. And so we'd go play, we'd go play checkers all night. And so it made a believer out of, out of him. I had a grandmother that one hit her house in Water Valley and it was right next to Casey Jones's house. As a matter of fact, it blew Casey Jones's house completely away. He had worked at the railroad shops and worked out of Water Valley in the 1900s. He wasn't living there when my grandma was. But uh, it blew her out and broke some ribs and uh, blew her house out, out over a hedgerow in the street and tore it completely up. And I don't think it ever made her one eye scared of a tornado. <laughs> and seven people were killed. Four was killed in, uh, in front of her house. It's, you could see their bodies and cars it was flipped and it took out the baptist church and four service stations in every house behind her and in front of her. what when year it was that 84 is easter tornado okay happened on a saturday afternoon golly and uh, i was look- looking at timber down in holmes county which is a crow flies was about a uh 90 miles away i guess and sun was shining and uh, it was a perfect day and when i got back to a town called Grenada my wife said they are calling from Water Valley your grandmother has been rescued out of a window of her house just before it blew up because it had a gas leak and uh, one of the black back rooms blew up uh, after an uncle got her out and she was staying at his house so, and I couldn't get into town they had the whole place sealed off when I got here so I had to see how she was doing So, but it never scared her one iota her Storm come up and she was same as she was before it came. But to tell you the everything affects people different, John. Yeah. You, you know, and uh, you know, talking about affecting people different, it uh, uh, you may want to talk about it later. You may know about it. That uh, it's a real decorated soldier from over in uh, Alabama, one of the most decorated soldiers of all time, outside of Audie Murphy, probably in modern history. And uh, I'm sure you know something about him. Yeah, so. you're
0: talking about Robert Lewis Howard, Colonel Howard, that's,
6: that's, was that's from the, the same general.
0: county. This tornado last week hit Lee County, Alabama. He was a native of Opelika. And I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about him in great detail in the next segment because I'm going to look him up during the break and make sure I have the the info on this medal okay. of honor winner from Alabama now he just, he died back in 2009 but an amazing story and i think from what i remember he is the most decorated medal of honor recipient upon his, at the time of his death
6: in and, modern times and was. in yeah.
0: modern times too uh, yeah. robert howard yeah. of alabama right. so we'll I've talk about him yeah, go ahead. But, but i wanted to kind of kind of sum up this whole tornado that happened back in 1936 it happened on april 5th and april 6th of 1936 it's called the tupelo gainesville tornado outbreak it started in arkansas and one person died in melbourne arkansas but then in tennessee this same storm system hit areas including Hardin County and Wayne County. They had six deaths around Waynesboro, Tennessee. In Columbia, mm-hmm. Tennessee, five people died in Murray County in the mining village near Monsanto, Tennessee. So you had deaths in Tennessee, but in Mississippi, you had deaths in Coffeeville in Yalobusha County. Four people died there. Mm-hmm. Boonville, you had a couple of deaths in Itawamba County. And actually, it's on the border of Red Bay, Alabama, and across the line in Itawama County, Mississippi. You had eight deaths in that state alone. Uh, you had five on the Alabama side, eight in Mississippi and, and Red Bay, Alabama. But then in Tupelo, this F5 tornado came through right the, right in the heart of downtown tupelo and as we said nearly 216 people but probably a lot more than that as the blacks were not even counted in the death toll 216 reported in this 1936 tornado now this same storm system kept on moving across the south and on the next day april 6 of 1936 uh, a couple people died in other towns in Georgia, in, in uh, Carnesville, Georgia, a death there. And, and Gainesville, as this storm hit downtown in, in Gainesville and Hall County, over 200 deaths there, 203 plus, just like we told you about Tupelo. Yeah. Tornadoes merged near Grove Street in Gainesville, producing dam- devastating damage to downtown businesses It was the most destructive tornado of the outbreak with $12.5 million in losses. Approximately 750 homes were destroyed and 250 were severely damaged in this 1936 tornado there in Hall County, Georgia. And it even went into South Carolina where you had a death in Anderson County in South Carolina. But all of these states affected by this same storm system, an F5 when it hit in Tupelo, and just so many deaths, and this was way back in 1936.
6: That I, I think they had some deaths from floods also involved. You know, it, uh, from best I remember, it yeah,
0: you're right. It had severe flash floods yeah. from the storms also affecting, in, in addition to the straight line winds. So horrible things.
6: Checked, but was, we could have lost two big entertainers. Elvis Presley was one year old, and Elvis and his mother were spared they were on the west side of i mean the east side of town and uh, i think it got some stuff close to them and you may know i don't know but tammy Wynette, the queen of country music lived right up the road from where you just mentioned a while ago there were another one killed some people up around tishomingo mm-hmm. and uh i wish i wonder if she was alive in 36
0: no nah, she wasn't born until 42
6: well, it could have got her mother there. I guess. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, tornadoes will break out, and it's liable to be 30 or 40. And they're coming from everywhere. I listened to the news one night in 71, and it was a, it was an outbreak of tornadoes from Louisiana. I know one stayed on the ground at that time was the longest one had ever stayed down on the ground. It went from Ohio, Louisiana to Oxford, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked for International Paper, so I had to go out and survey it and and see what damage it did to our timber so it stayed on the ground the longest and i know that's when my wife really realized that i was probably crazy because uh the tv station was tracking it was coming up uh, an area straight for us and it stay told how many miles an hour was moving and i figured out i said let's get out there and see it and she said are you crazy she never she was from hurricane country but i wanted to get out on the interstate and see it pass and, you know, it didn't miss where I had it, had it projected to hit. I bet it didn't miss five miles. Mm. But uh, I was on the hill, but I, I didn't see it. It got dark by this. But anyway, tornadoes, yeah, they have a – and that one killed a lot of people, that tornado in 71 I'm talking about. Mm. And uh, it was a bunch of them. And it went, I want to stay on the ground that long. And it was straight straightest – it followed a highway that was straight as an arrow. I drove up that highway the next week and it was on the left side of the highway from a place called uh, uh, down in Humphreys County coming to Greenwood uh, from Belzona. Mm-hmm. And it started. It stayed on, the say, the south side of Highway 7 and never crossed over on the other side. And the whole side on the south side, every building was wiped out, and there was nothing on the other side, and it was like side by side only a highway right away separating so i found it pretty interesting
0: oh they're they're something to behold and not in a good way but you have to look at them in awe because they're truly a, a force that for whatever reason god has tornadoes I, I, i'd love to find out why one day i guess when we go to the pearly gates we'll find out
6: yeah well i mean it's uh you know it just creates and it gets to going and the weather conditions get just right for it and whatever that atmosphere is up so high it's got to match with that down lower and if it makes a perfect swirl at so many dang miles per hour it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh I learned
0: that last night watching Tupelo News. Ah, okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, do you know, Mister Tupelo Meteorologist, if it's worse? No, but I know he's a good one. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about you, Mister Takapolo Meteorologist. I oh, guess I should. Oh yeah. Is it worse in this time of year? Now that we're in March, is it worse when you have cold weather that changes to warm weather, or a when a when a let's say a warm front changes to cold fronts, which is the worst? I've,
6: I've always found out it's been worse when we've uh, we've had any kind of cool and then a, a, a severe warm front comes in, and when that warm front pushes in, and that high doesn't go any further north, and it hangs right where it is, mm-hmm. and a jet stream above it comes through. Now, I'm no meteorologist. I was, not yet, so you Somebody, probably kind of somebody contradict me. But in my personal experiences, from the time I was a little boy, when my mother used to come to the theater and get me out and drag me out because tornado warnings were out, seemed like when I went in, it was always... uh oh uh, uh, cool they want to come out it was hot and then I've always heard too once it started raining you know rain comes with the warmer weather mm-hmm. when it starts raining it's over with and I've never known of a tornado hit in rain actually if you'll think about it so uh I think I think my 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 is an expert from uh, playing uh checkers in uh, many a storm shelter in Polo and watching them go over I think I think it's warmer and, and, I mean, cooler turning warm.
0: Okay. Meteorologist Jerry Short here on today's Y'all Show. Hey, we've got more to talk about with Jerry when we come back. He mentioned the incredible life of Opelika native Robert L. Howard, and this Vietnam veteran won the Medal of Honor for his action in that Southeast Asia country. When we come back, we'll talk about the life that was Colonel Robert Howard. He's been deceased for about 10 years now, but I recently found out a little bit about him and I talked to Jerry and Jerry was in special forces, just like Colonel Howard. We'll discuss his incredible story when we come back on the Y'all Show. And caller number nine for $1 million.
1: Rita, complete this quote life is like a box of
3: oh i know this one
1: chocolates uh you're cutting out rita we need your answer
7: uh oh my goodness life is like a box of uh,
1: oh sorry that's not what we were looking for on to caller number 10. Oh
4: bad network got you glitched out of luck Switch to Boost Mobile, super reliable, super fast nationwide network, and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch, switching makes it easy to save.
1: Offer ends 19 First line is $100 a month, lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one line to port in. Video streams at up to 480p. Using it up to 500 kilobits per second, gaming it up to 2 megabits per second. Data prioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere, restricting supply. See dealer for details.
6: They brought that jukebox here Back in 1952 He was the first to drop a nickel in When he danced with his first wife By 61 his wife was gone But that jukebox had survived But it was three plays for a quarter And I turned old enough to go Red showed me that old world at CERN Said, son, I want you to know If you ever come up to big short Just kick it on the side And would you do this
1: honky talking
0: fool One favor when I die We're back. It's y'all. It's Talk with a Southern Accent with Sergeant Jerry Short. And Sergeant Short was a Special Forces member when he served our country. And during that time, I don't know if you ran across a guy named Colonel Robert L. Howard. Jerry, does that name sound familiar?
6: No, but the story about, about him is, uh, you know, a Special Forces, that you kind of keep that stuff. Oh, yeah, and you, and you made a comment just like him. and I'm, I'm like a boy scout compared to this guy. <laughs> but... Uh, you know the mission of a special forces is counterinsurgency that just prevents incidents abroad and and then they have you know other things you know directing action and training indigenous forces that are you know kind of uh, underground troops that are fighting on your side hopefully and he did a lot of his training uh fighting in cambodia and laos you know and that's back when you couldn't tell and I think he was, uh, I think he was nominated for two congressional medals of honor before he got the third nomination. And the first two he didn't receive because the intelligence was, it was, he was highly top secret. They weren't supposed to be in Laos and Cambodia. Hmm. And he was nominated for some action that happened there and they dropped him down to, uh, What's the medal under that? Uh, silver star. But uh, that I think it was a silver star. They dropped it down to that, you know. They just to keep him from being the uh, keep him from being awarded the uh medal of honor because he was really out of uh, out of area. Okay. You know. So well, uh, Robert he did get distinguished silver star twice, I believe. Yeah. So, Robert
0: Howard was born in Opelika, Alabama, which is where we just had that awful tornado go through lee county the other day he was born in opelika in 1939 and he served in the u.s army for 36 years and Mm. he was wounded 14 times in vietnam over 54 months of combat awarded the medal of honor eight purple hearts a distinguished service cross a silver star and four bronze stars and as we said earlier he really was the most decorated american soldier That was uh, that we've seen in decades and was the most decorated living Medal of Honor recipient when he died on December 23rd of 2009 in Waco, Texas. He's buried at Arlington National Cemetery, but he started out enlisted in the Army back in the 1950s and went on to serve and ended up, I guess, getting a battlefield promotion. He was right, thing is really good. awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions back on December 30th of 1968. That was his third Medal of Honor nomination, and he got that for some action in South Vietnam.
6: Well, he had to be a heck of a guy because uh, anybody that took the rounds, I think somebody told me one time, he was shot in a clip, an ammo clip in the side of his pocket. And the clip took around, and it blew the whole clip up with the ammo in it. And he kept on fighting and kept on trucking. He was setting up a a perimeter, I think, around uh, uh, DZ, uh, LZ, where they had landed to rescue some people with a helicopter. And then the helicopter went down. But he set a perimeter up with what, what personnel was left that he could get together. And I think that may have been over in Laos or somewhere. That was one that he didn't receive the Medal of Honor. He probably should have. The one that I've heard uh, people talk about. But, uh, yeah, you know, Special Forces is, uh, they do some things that will never be heard of. I got a friend that was in, in one, a lot younger guy. And, and, uh, when I was doing some stuff for a newspaper kind of a freebie, they wanted, uh, his family wanted me to do something on him. And, uh, the Pentagon wouldn't let us write anything on it. So it was one of those, uh, covert missions hmm. that they did. He was in Black Hawk Down. And, uh, so that wasn't a particular thing, but it's, you know, his family was proud of that. And they, they asked me, would I write something about him? And then she got up with him and, and he said, no, you know, they won't, they won't let us, uh, put that out there because that's all, you know, that was a mission that, uh, kind of under the table commission or something probably. So you just never know. Where, where a special forces team might be, you know, they might drop in. Now, you know, I, have been a special forces some and I've been a cook some <laughs> and I've been a forward observer some. So, you know, you stay in reserve 30 years too. You change your MOS a lot, your, uh, whatever your job description would be. So I've, I've even been a mess sergeant and then I've been appointed man on a special forces team and blah, blah, blah. So. You know, you, you can do a lot of things, but this guy, like I said, uh, I would be strictly a Boy Scout. He he was guns blazing his whole career. Hmm.
0: From well, read. after Vietnam, Howard went on to serve as officer in charge of special forces training at Camp McCall in North Carolina, and then later, he commanded the Mountain Ranger training camp at Dahlonega, Georgia. Now, I lived near Dahlonega, Georgia at one time, Jerry, and I don't think this mountain ranger training camp still exists but have you heard no, of such there. a place
6: yeah it's not there anymore i don't think the only one to have is the one in new york now and uh but that was that one in georgia most of all that stuff they geared back so much in the last 20 years you know we're trying to gear back up again but they've done away with there's only one airborne school in the world now in the free world and that's for being in georgia where it used to be five or six.
0: So, what so, about all these other countries like Great Britain? Do they send?
6: Well, when I went to Fort Ben, you know, I went at a later age. I joined the Special Forces Reserve component as a, at a later age, and we had people from Saudi Arabia say that were at Fort Ben in Georgia when I was there taking airborne school, and then they would go on to another school, and yeah, you know, I noticed some of them they just didn't seem athletic enough. To be passing, but uh, you know, I asked a question about it but at the time I was already a staff sergeant, and I asked a question about it, and they said, "Well, you know, if if they mess up and they send them back to ex country, ex country might go ahead and since they would be humiliated, they might execute them. So they cut them a lot of slack when they went through our training, uh, even though their country sent them to our training. So uh, that would be some countries that." you can guess where they're located but anyway well they yeah. should
0: have done that to you jerry they should have said jerry if you don't <laughs> run 50 miles in the next hour we're gonna chop your head off
6: well you know we actually kicked a guy out whose daddy was a colonel and uh he wouldn't run when we'd run our seven miles after breakfast he had to run with an airborne shuffle and he would want to break on out he'd griped him me we wouldn't run faster but it's actually harder to run slower and uh he wouldn't break on it. He break on in. he kept on, and they kicked him out because he was running too fast. So you know, cut you a little break in there somewhere. <laughs> you kind of need, you know, you really do need it. But he got kicked out, and I don't think his daddy was very proud of him because that was his second time to be kicked out for the same thing—being a little bit a little too smart and thinking he was a little bit too tough. You know.
0: Well, I have a confession here on the y'all show, Jerry, to you and the entire y'all audience. Are you ready for my confession?
6: I am absolutely right.
0: I, Jerry Short, am a dirty, nasty leg. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I am a leg. I
6: as Look at those dirty, nasty legs.
0: And, and, <laughs> and please explain, Jerry, because I know a lot of people are like, what the heck well, are they leg. talking about?
6: <laughs> you know, I never I never really thought we should have done that, but if you're training for airborne or you're training for SL, or you're training for rangers, and you're marching and you're in a march and you're, you know, two, four, six, eight or something, blah, 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 whatever you got going. I want to go to Vietnam. I want to kill some Viet Cong. Or you're doing all that crazy stuff. And you look over and here goes somebody walking by that's just a regular troop of an infantry troop. who might have could have been Audie Murphy, but you always, you know, whoever's uh, giving the cadence. How's the lift? Dirty leg. Look at And everybody start high. Dirty leg, dirty leg, dirty leg, and that meant he wasn't an airborne troop, and he didn't jump out of airplane And
0: that means the person played. was sane. that's what that means.
6: That meant he had a lot more sense than some of us. I guarantee And uh, so I really, I did it only because I was required to do it. And but you know we did that. Uh, you did you, you did that in the army in the sixties and and all, and you can't do those things today. I'm not sure. But, I'm not sure about that. But there, where I've been. I've been over. I've been. <laughs> I've been on Paris Island where, hey, I wanted to congratulate the uh, uh, drill sergeant because he put him through some pretty good stuff. One day I was there and and I was taking pictures of my uh, cell phone and he come out and stopped me because he may have been doing stuff that really wasn't kosher, you know. Yeah. So anyway, you, did you, you call him
0: like, a dirty nasty leg?
6: No, he wasn't one. Really? He was a Marine, and he I saw his jump wings on his chest. Wow. That's and, pretty uh, uncommon
0: for Marines.
6: No, we had a lot of Marines when I went through airborne scooters. Okay. And you know what? You you got some. We, as a matter of fact, the doggun Marines, they were the SEALs is who they are. And so the SEALs go to airborne scooters.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: And they'll start that old SEAL squawk. And, and, and when they tell them to drop or do something, and they'll squawk. And they'll drop them and make them do twenty more push up, and they'll start it again and drop them and make the. Then before you know it, you're all dropping because the seal won't shut up. <laughs> so you tell the seal, please, please shut up. Don't do that anymore. But now the seals go, and the Air Force has a pararescue group that also go ah. to airborne school. So you know the other units have uh, other branches of the service. So they have some of their. That's what's become. You know, it used to just be Green Beret. And it started as Green Beret with President uh Kennedy. But it's now when you say special forces, you know, it's kinda like UN you can bring in you can bring in the SEALs and you can bring in the uh paralegals which are you know not paralegal, Paramedics which uh are Air Force. You bring all them in and be special forces group, yeah.
0: All right. Well, we want to remember Robert Lewis Howard of Alabama. Again, he died back in 2009, but he was a Medal of Honor recipient. He was from Lee County, Alabama, in this county that's got so much hardship this last couple of days because of the tornado. One of its native sons was a true American hero, and he served our country in Vietnam, winning the Medal of Honor at that time. Jerry, thank you for your service, and thank you for being on with us again today.
6: Well, before you let me go, I'd just like to... Uh, congratulate Robert one more time and a heck of a job well done and Godspeed
0: and again go we encourage all of you to go look up more on Robert L. Howard a army officer who again was awarded the medal of honor for his action in 1968 but at the time of his death considered to be the most decorated living medal of honor recipient and he was from the great state of Alabama well Jerry thank you we'll talk to you next week
6: Thank you
0: so much, John. Be careful. Don't uh, get blown away. No, I'm not uh, not going to. I'm going to be hunkering down. We'll be right back here on the Tuesday edition of the Y'all Show with more great Southern goodness. Until that time, y'all hunker down, and we'll see you here tomorrow. This has been Y'all with John Rawl, talk with us Southern accent.
3: "'Hey, I'm gonna just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship.' you're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
2: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to 84888. That's N I C E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or stop to cancel.
1: And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system?
4: Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this.
1: Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper.
4: Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help?
1: There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com.